Welcome to More Business, More Life podcast. I'm your host, Steve Napoliton. This show is for C-level executives, entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, and speakers who have found success, but they don't have the life that they want. On this weekly show, we're going to be talking about business skills to have more business while we design our ideal life and have more life. More business, more life without sacrifice. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the More Business, More Life podcast. Today, I have Todd Walker with me, one of our success coaches, and we're going to talk about how do we actually work less and get more done? How do we actually slow down to speed up? And yes, you probably think I'm ridiculous. You probably think I'm crazy, but Todd and I are going to talk about how it's made an impact in our life. So if you want to figure out how you can be ridiculous with us and actually take more time off and get more done, then listen to this podcast. So we're going to talk about something crazy today, Todd. <laughs> okay. Everyone thinks I'm I'm crazy. And you know what? I probably am. I am crazy. But the thing that I found where people look at me with the craziest eyes is when I tell them that they, they want to get more done and they want to have more life, more business and more life, right? And then I say, okay, you got to slow down. <laughs> you got to slow down to speed up, which is you know what you would classify as an oxymoron right <laughs> it seems like the complete opposite but this is where i found that when you when if we want you know as i was a, a workaholic working so hard to not work which doesn't work you know it's like digging a hole to get out of a hole and then you all of a sudden when you if you pause long enough and that's the problem we don't pause long enough that's where i'm going to get to this slowing down part I just kept digging and digging and all I'm looking up and the holes getting deeper and deeper. And for those of you that know me or have been listening to the podcast, I did all this in service of not being my dad because my dad was a complete workaholic. And I believe it through my twenties and into my early thirties, I worked harder than my dad, which I didn't even think was possible. An unsustainable amount of work ethic that was getting me sick. You know, seriously, I was w overweight not feeling well, trying to make all these things happen. And what I guess I want to get it to the point, Todd, and I want to hear your story, because as you've learned some of these things for me and started to implement these things, and now you're helping me help others with these same tools, it sounds like the, going back to what I started with, it sounds like the craziest thing. But if you're digging a hole trying to get out, that's part of the problem. We have to set the shovel down and we've got to get a ladder, a rope, almost anything would help better than digging further. It's a space where you have to find. So the first thing, which feels really hard as an achiever, you know, a C-level executive, an entrepreneur is to say, wait, I'm going to pause. I'm, I'm going to take a break and think differently. You know, that's why we do retreats and programs because then people pay us to show up and pause. So it's like a forced pause and you paid. So you want your money back. You want your money out of it. You want the value out of it. So it becomes a forced pause. And that's what we find with a lot of our programs. You know, sometimes they don't need us as much as they think they do. The thing they need is they need us to facilitate holding space for them to slow down enough to see things differently. And, and that this is the first step that I want to get at. So I'm just curious when you were going and you're just like, you know, nonstop Todd and, and you're going, how did you first fit in a little bit of space to start giving you some time to think and to think differently? I would say as soon as I understand and, and grasped that that needed to happen, and then I executed the actual stopping or slowing down, then I struggled with guilt. 
you know, as an entrepreneur, a business owner, we're always on the go. We should always be busy. So even when we see free time or we want free time, we want to fill it up with stuff that we're working on our business, right? We're always, always working on our business. And so to schedule those times to pause and to not be busy working on our business. And, and it's funny because that, that is, that's an illusion that we are busy working on our business. Why can't it be okay for us to take a moment and pause to work on our business? So for some reason, one felt okay. If you know, no pain, no gain. And then the other side of what you're asking me to do uh, and what we're training people to do is take that pause. That was really hard to sit with without feeling guilty. I, I understand. And, and, you know, the words that I picked up on that on, on right there is busy, you know, because busy in our mind has started to equal like, you know, getting things done or, or being effective. And actually I would effective is the more appropriate word. So we don't want to be busy. We want to be effective. Mm. And when we actually are just working all the time, you're actually working at a reduced power. You know, what if, if you go on a one to 10 scale of energy and effectiveness, we want to be operating in that eight, nine, 10. And, you know, many of us, when we're just going and going and we're just constantly putting in the hours, you know, I would argue that you're between three and seven, somewhere in there. And if you go mm. long enough and you're working long hours, you're probably below five most of the time and on an energy and effective level. You know, maybe you're effective on a few things, but then the rest are just taking up time. And so when I, so again, it feels like an oxymoron, but I found that if I take more breaks, I actually get more done when I actually allow myself to recharge. And my best metaphor that I use all the time, because it's so useful is if you have a battery operated drill and you're drilling holes and you have 10 more holes to drill, but the battery is dying and it's like, you know, you, you, are you going to keep going because you promised you're going to finish those 10 holes or, and you only have one battery. For, for this day, for whatever reason, yeah, maybe you can be more effective and go buy more batteries, which is what is that? In the human experience, that means getting more staff. That means delegating more. That means automating more. It doesn't mean that you can, but you can recharge quickly if you actually give yourself more breaks. If you work out, you know, if you're physically working out your body, you can run to exhaustion or you could, you know, like sprinters, they'll sprint and then take a break, but they, they mm. work out hours to get that sprint to, to get there. So, but it's taking time and breaks. It's like working to a certain, you know, moment. I found the same thing. Like when I first wanted to start running longer distances, I would run so far and then I would hurt myself and not be able to run the next day mm -hmm. and then not be able to run the next day. I'm like, Oh, I'm still too tight. And then maybe I could run like that once a week. But when, if I started to run shorter distances, I could run every day. And then I was building up that stamina. And then naturally I was able to run uh, longer distances. So I think what I'm getting at is it's in these smaller chunks that allow us to actually outperform. So we think we're being guilty because we're not being busy but what I've found in the whole more business, more life concept is when we work fewer hours, we actually get more done. And just a quick story, I was working with a sales professional and he was, 
you know, within an organization. And at this time, many times I work with the top of the organization because they have to believe in what we're talking about here. And that was not happening. This was a sales executive that hired me. And then he was leaving work early and playing golf more than he ever had before. Um, and he was out also breaking all of his own personal records. So he gets called into the office by management and they're like, what are you doing? We see you leaving all the time. You're barely here. And like, he's about to get fired. He's getting ridiculed. And then they're like, he said, well, can I show you what I've been doing? And they're like, you better because we're about to fire you. And he opens up his dashboard and shows all of his results. And at the end of that meeting, instead of getting fired, he was asked to train all of the region and then went on to training the nation in their company because he was outperforming all the other sales folks and doing it at a fraction of the hours. And then as a sales manager, you can think, oh, well, great. I'll just have them work more and I'm going to even double the performance. But that's not the answer to a certain extent. We're not saying to not work. You know, if you if you work a 40 hour work week and you can double or triple your performance or if you work a 30 hour work week and do that, uh, when you actually start saying, oh, well, let's work 60 and I'll double, then you actually lower because mm -hmm. now again, you've reduced your bandwidth, you reduce your effectiveness. So there is a break point. And that's what, that's what I kind of want to get at. If you try to go too fast, it's like a cheetah. How long a cheetah can run so fast, but for how long? I think what I understand, it's less than two minutes, like a minute and a half, like 90 seconds in full run, something like that. Mm. I, I'm not a cheetah expert, but I think it's a short window of time that they can exert that energy before they'll kill, they'll actually kill themselves. And many cheetahs that do it too long, you'll see they have to like lay out and they're very vulnerable. They have no energy left. They've used every bit of their energy to go at that performance level. Does that help in this? And I know you've gotten better at this, but maybe can you say now that you've given yourself that piece to say, I don't need to be busy. I need to be effective. Now, how has that uh, affected your work and being okay to take breaks? Has that occurred? Are you still working on that? Yeah. So that's an inter interesting, and, and you brought up a good point is that once you start to do that, once you take the time and you realize the whole battery thing and, and you're working smarter, not harder. Then I was working on overcoming the feeling of that didn't feel normal. Right. And so you often say success doesn't feel normal. And so as I started to work smarter, and not harder as I started to plan my fun first, as I started to uh, have control of my calendar and go on the hikes that I wanted to or spend time with the, the kids and, and do the things that I really wanted to do, it didn't feel normal. So I, I was super excited about the successes I was seeing, the amount of work I was getting done in less time, being more effective with my calendar and, and stuff. But it still took practice. It's still, it, it's not like I just read the book and then executed it. It's not like I attended a workshop and, and it was fine. It took coaching. It took ongoing practice. It took having a mindset session with you or the team. And so I don't want people to think that, you know, we can write it out we could send you an email. It has all the instructions and then you're good to go because that wasn't the case for me. Maybe that's the case for somebody out there, but that wasn't the case for me. And so uh, my message to, to people out there is that it, it does take time and it takes practice. And the best way to accomplish that is to surround yourself with 
people who are a either also practicing the same thing or surrounding yourself with people who could help coach and mentor you when you're having questions or running into issues. That's a great point, Todd, because you're right. There might be some people out there that are going to listen to this podcast and change their whole life just by listening to it. And they're like the 1% or 2% (laughs) of the world. The rest of us, these are habits. You know, we're into our adult life. And, you know, that's even the thing, you know, as children, we learn so rapidly. And if you get to watch a child, that's what's so fascinating about being a parent. You get to watch how quickly they learn things from that age zero to six years old. The learnings are not by age six. The brain actually does this on purpose because the brain takes so much energy from the body more. You know, it takes the most energy out of every any function in the body it actually goes onto default mode mm. and it wants to truncate learning because learning is a lot of energy. If you ever got into a deep learning, you'll find yourself exhausted, looking for sugars and fats, your body's trying to replenish. And one of my teachers, Michelle Masters, she always brings up the story. They, they measured the calorie usage, absorb, like uh, used calories from a, a pro football player in the Super Bowl that was a top player. And then they measured that to the top two chess players in the world playing against each other. And you know where I'm going with this already because of the way I set up the story, but the chess players burn more calories. So this all comes back to what you're saying, Todd, like I'm just giving you all permission. It takes energy. It takes, you know, your commitment to learning and your ability to say, you know what? Yes, I'm an adult. And we get into this thing of like, oh, I should already know this. Mm. And, oh, it should be automatic. You know, to your point, it should be automatic. We should be able to listen to this podcast and go do it tomorrow. <laughs> and the reality is we get stuck in our habits because the the brain, thankfully, is doing its job and mm. trying to minimize your energy spend. It wants you to survive. It's a survival technique. If we were in constant learning all the time, we would be depleted from our energy. We need time again for pause, even learning. Yeah. We have to pause, <laughs> rejuvenate our energy, integrate what we're learning. So take this in chunks. So I think, you know, for me to you, Todd, and to everyone else listening, you know, take one step, you know, like just carve out 30 minutes a day for you, you know, just as a start or even 15 minutes, if that's all you have to give. But I guarantee if you, well, I I guarantee if you do this, you have to do it. If you don't do it, then there's no guarantee. But if you just give yourself pause and then work on what's most important during that time, and maybe at the beginning, it's actually just going for a walk Hmm. because how many times have I given myself pause? My, when I was a workaholic, my wife, who I was dating at the time, would always say, why don't you stop and smell the roses? Like sometimes literally, like there's roses right there. And she's like looking at the flowers and other times she's using it figuratively. But, but the reality is she kept looking at me, not pausing. I'm like, I don't have time for that. I gotta, I gotta do this. I gotta do that. In those moments of smelling the roses, you know, just going out into the woods that I like to do now and just like listening to the birds and all of those things, just slowing down all of a sudden I answer my biggest problems in my head. Like, I'll be like, oh, why don't you try it this way? And I would, and it's like, almost like there's a mentor inside my brain. And that is from reading other books and having other mentors in my life. That does include that. But sometimes it's just that I didn't pause enough to see something different. Mm. So let's pause real quick and take a break and we'll be right back. I just want to give a big shout out to Pro Audio Voices. They help me with all of my podcasts. 
And Becky and her team are just amazing. I've known them for years, even before I started my podcast. And that's why she was my go-to because not only does she help me sound great and produces the podcast so it's easy for me, I can do what I do best. I do the speaking and the interviewing, and then they do all that background work to help get the podcast out there in the right way with the highest quality. But on top of that, what makes it most critical to me, for those of you that know me, wow, clients are important. Wow, relationships are important. And working with Becky and her team is definitely wow. I get an amazing experience. I get to work with amazing people. A lot of love and hugs. Let's put it that way. So if you want to work with great people and you want to get a podcast out and you want to let go of all the technology and the way that it's recorded so you can do what you do best, then you definitely want to get a hold of Pro Audio Voices. And it's ProAudioVoices.com and you'll be able to reach Becky and her team and be able to let go of all that stuff so you can do what you do best and then delegate the rest. So I'm just curious, and I know we're keeping this a shorter podcast today, but I just a few more quick questions. I'm curious, Todd, how, when you started to give yourself that time, how was it for you? Did new things pop up in your mind? Like how did you get more clarity? Like what happened when you actually gave yourself permission to have the space for yourself? Yeah. Two things happened. One, you know, when we talk about meditation and stuff and, and you use the example of taking, you know, a longer shower that counts as a meditation, going on a walk, things like that. You don't have to actually sit in, in lotus pose to have that, that calmness or that stillness. And so one of the things that happened when I was taking those times to pause or go on a walk, for example, is I was able to have that clarity, just like you talked about. But one of the other things that happened that took a lot of practice is that I would schedule that time to have that walk. And, and for 20 or 30 minutes into that walk, I was thinking about work or I, what I should be doing. How could I be taking this time? I, I know I need to get these things done. And, and, you know, I'd be like 30 minutes later, I'm like, I didn't see the roses we just walked by. I didn't see the waterfall that was right over there or the ferns or the, you know, anything. I was so caught up in my head and being feeling guilty about the stuff I was missing or the stuff I needed to get done that I wasn't actually being present. And so it took a bit for me to realize I wasn't being present. And then it took more practice to actually be present on the on the walk. I, I didn't think it would be so challenging. I thought I could just put it on my calendar, show up for the walk, and then everything would be unicorns and rainbows. And it turns out I was on that walk and my mind was still back at the office behind the computer. And about how long do you think and I know you're, and I know we're still working on that. I mean, that still happens to me. That still happens to me. It's never going to hundred percent go away, but I will tell you, it's a lot, a lot better Yeah. Um, after practicing it for, for me for many years now, but now that you've been doing that for quite a few years, you know, and I know even just from you and I talking, like you've done it a lot more in the last year, yeah. you're going to have two years, you know, what, what was that time frame? that you see, I know you're still going through it to preface yep. that. I know you're yep. still changing, but was it a month or two months or 90 days? Like, when did you see a significant shift where it was like, you, you, it wasn't as much back, you know, your mind was still at the office? Yeah. So I, I would say the, the first step in that process was realizing what was, what was even happening. 
right? I'd say for the first 20 days, 30 days, I wasn't even aware that I wasn't being present. And so then all of a sudden it it dawned on me that for half of the walk, I wasn't even there. I mean, I was sort of. And so just realizing that that was happening was the first step. And then it became quicker once I noticed that that is actually what was going on. Then it was much easier to recognize like, okay, I'm about to go on a walk. Let's see if if I could be present, right? And then it actually became a game or a challenge to see how often I could get. So then it became easier, but first I had to realize uh, actually what was happening um, so that I could address it. And, you know, I would say that's a success. Even taking that month of just doing it and creating that habit then you actually gave enough space for your mind to be aware. Hey, so that was like, that's like a download. It's like saying (laughs) that was like the first solution. Hey, you're not really here. Hello, knock, knock, you know, so it's already, but you gave enough space to even see that you weren't giving the space, right? Mm -hmm. So beautiful. So I think, you know, just what I took from that Todd was just taking the first step, you know, and, you know, we can't take the first step in perfect, in, in a perfect way. It's, You know, just think about if you read about or or had people mentor you about riding a bike and you had never ridden a bike before, if you could get all the mentorship in the world, you could read every book, watch video after video of people riding bikes, and maybe that will help. I'm not saying it would be a zero, but I I can pretty much guarantee you're not going to hop on the bike and just ride off. You know, you're going to have to learn that balance. You're going to have, you're going to fall or someone's got to hold the back of your bike. So you don't fall, but you're going to need to have some sort of assistance there and you're going to need to practice. And that's what I'm hearing from you is like, you gave it a go and you stuck with it long enough to learn. You don't fall off the bike the first time and say, oh, forget it. (laughs) You know, then you're not going to ever ride a bike. So if we want this mindfulness, if we want this increase in effectiveness, then you've got to give it a go and it's going to take time. It's going to, and when I started, you go at it and then you miss it for a week. You go back to being busy all the time and then you come back, you know, so there's those things. And that's where being a part of a group and having mentorship helped me pull out of that finally, because then I was checking in and holding myself accountable to giving myself that little bit of time. And then that little bit of time became a bigger amount of time and my effectiveness went through the roof. And now I can outperform other people in half the time. And it's not because I'm smarter than them. I really don't believe that. It's not because I'm smarter or have, you know, some special abilities. The reality is I'm, I'm just another guy and I'm just doing it a little different. And it's that change that makes this, this powerful. So it, this has been a beautiful exploration, Todd. And I think we should do more of these like quick podcasts just to give these exploration around these topics. But I'm curious in closing, if we're out there and, and people are inspired by our talk, what would be the first step you would, if you just gave one thing, what would be the first step someone should do to try to start doing this? Yeah, I would say, like you said, put it on your calendar. So put it on your calendar, set aside 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and then see if you could honor it. Now, what Steve's asking to do is, is, is a two-part thing. One, put it on your calendar. That I found was a much easier task to accomplish. The second part was honoring my calendar. And that was much harder. For some reason, if it was business oriented, that got priority and I could easily move my free time or delete it or 
try it the next day. So I would say the first step is putting it on your calendar. And then the second step is honoring your calendar and having the wherewithal to honor that just as much as the other stuff you're putting on your calendar. I, I want to jump right into a whole other topic, but we're going to pause ourselves, <laughs> but maybe let's mark this for our next conversation, showing up for you. Yeah. And that might sound selfish, but I want to talk about that. And that would be a great next episode for you and I, Todd, why showing up for us is actually helping others by you showing up for you, you actually help others. And so I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> and you, you're totally right. Put it on your calendar and then show up for yourself because it does, that does matter. And that will make a difference in yourself and in other people's lives. Because if you have more energy, if your glass of water is full, you're able to give more water. If your glass of water is empty, you're not able to give more water. So just on that simple metaphor, just let that sink in. It's been a pleasure having this conversation with you, Todd. And, and we really want to hear. And Todd, for those who don't know, he's one of our success coaches now. He's teamed up. He's uh, over uh, two decades of experience around marketing consulting already. And, you know, Todd and I have had such a great time working with each other over the past five years. In the last year, we said, hey, why don't we do this together? Because if we want to go farther. We all know together is the way. So I'm happy to have Todd officially as part of the team as of last year. And we are able to help people more. So I'm so grateful to have you in my life, Todd, and have you help our clients together, we, we we can do more. So it's been a beautiful experience. And thanks for being taking the time to be on this podcast today as well. Awesome. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. And please comment, let us know what was most valuable and let us know where you might struggle with this. Or if there are any challenges that you have putting these things in the comments, reaching out to us, we want to hear from you. We want to help. Todd and I are both active on our social media. So just go on whatever channel you like, whatever flavor of social media you prefer. <laughs> We're there. We'd love to hear you comment about this and more and let us know what you'd like us to help you with. That always helps. As always, remember, until our next episode and beyond, choose gratitude and create freedom. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the More Business, More Life podcast. I hope you got value. And if you did, we have so many more things for you at stevenopleton.com. You'll be able to connect with us on social media. We are active. You can ask us questions. And then on top of that, I want to give you a really big gift. And it truly is. We want to give so much value. We have an offering. It's a program called Clear Path to Customers. It's the same way that we attract wow clients and only working with the right people, the people we want to. And it's transformed my business into millions more in revenue with the right people and my clients. And we're doing it absolutely free. So you can go to stevenopleton.com and grab that. You just got to put in your information. We'll send it to you promptly. And that again is on stevenopleton.com. I look forward to having you on the next show. Until then, remember, choose gratitude and create freedom. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.